Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Pair Connection Podcast. You're here with Schuler Johnson from PILT Paranormal. And we are now on episode three. We're going to be taking episode three along here with Bill and Sam from Idaho. They are today's special guests. And I'd have to say I am pretty excited to have Bill and Sam on because not only are they paranormal enthusiasts, but they have also been paranormal investigators. So Bill and Sam are in Idaho right now, but are originally from Indiana, such as myself. So that's really cool because there are some locations that we have both been to and we've been able to relate to. With that being said, there are also locations that I've not been to but they have, and vice versa. So it's really neat to be able to bring this in that we're both from Indiana but we've both been to different locations. So we can take this information and kind of combine, you know, different things that we've experienced from similar locations and also share our experiences and expectations from locations we've not yet been to. So with all this being said, let's go ahead and jump into that phone call that I made with Sam and Bill here and get this podcast on the road, because I have to say, this podcast episode's pretty good. I mean, not only are we going to be talking about the spiritual side and possibilities with the paranormal, but we're going to jump into the scientific side as well, which is really cool, because Bill really knows how to break it down. So let's do it. Well, Sam and Bill, welcome to tonight's podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. Hey, right on. So, um, let's see. Paranormal Basics. The, the funnest topic, in my opinion, and I'm making that word into a real word, uh, paranormal basics. <laughs> when you guys hear paranormal, what do you, uh, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Well, what do you think about when you hear paranormal or, you know, when you're trying to jump into the spirit world, what hits your mind first? What highlights? Um, I, when I hear the word, it's kind of like, just a broader sentiment, I guess, just something that's um, inexplicable in that moment. And, you know, it's something if you can't find an explanation for it, kind of fits that bill. Um, I don't necessarily 100% associate it with like ghosts or spirits all the time. Yeah. It can always be something else. I mean, you can always go deeper. We're discovering new things all the time. Um, but that's kind of how I think of when I think of that word. And for me, whenever I hear the word paranormal, I just think of, like, generally things that are associated with mortality. Um, Not necessarily, like, just the afterlife, but also things like, you know, you also kind of uh, think about, I don't know, kind of like beasts and stuff, you know, werewolves, vampires. Like, yeah, yeah, I I kind of lump those all all in the same category. Uh, just because, you know, it's, it's like kind of like a fantastic phenomena that people aren't necessarily familiar with or know that much about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, especially on the spirited end of it, I feel like there's a lot more evidence, uh, to suggest there's, uh, stuff actually going on and we've both had our own experiences as well. For sure. So I feel like a lot of people are. So you guys feel like when it comes to the paranormal, there's there's a lot more to the nature of what paranormal kind of describes than just spirits. Then, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's so, it's a super broad, super broad brush of a of a term. It's a blanket statement, essentially. Yeah, right. yeah it's right up there with like the word sports. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Sports. It's like, well, I think of all kinds of things. It's like, <laughs> but they're all kind of along the same vein. Yeah. That's a great example. I like that a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking about not just the spirit world, but cryptids 
and we've got other dimensional creatures. I mean, we, we've even possibly we got aliens. I guess it goes into the supernatural term too. But you know, um, for myself, when I think paranormal, of course, the first thing that hits my mind is spirits and ghosts because. For my own personal experience, the first thing I've ever encountered was a spirit. Um, but, you know, to keep on the same topic here, when you guys think about paranormal, whether it's cryptids or the spirits or anything like that, what do you feel the nature of these entities are? Like, well, what's their purpose? Is it kind of like humans where we get to live and develop or do you think they have a more greater mission like to aid humans or to do something that we may not even have the ability to imagine um gosh i think it just depends on and what you encounter and what you're dealing with there's definitely layers to it yeah i 100 percent believe in you know residual hauntings where something just left an impression on a place um because i've encountered a lot of that but I've also encountered intelligent, and I've encountered intelligent in the positive aspect and in the negative aspect. Okay. Um, I think some of them are also just kind of lost. Um, that kind of sounds really cliche and like cheesy, but it's true. It is. Um, yeah. yeah. It can only be cliche if it's something that's you know been said often, and yeah. there's a lot of cliche statements out there that are that are pretty true yeah you know and uh but whenever i whenever i look at uh like paranormal entities and the spirit idea of it i i think of it more as just like it's an energy and you know uh one of my one of my professors in school always said anytime you're investigating a topic don't be afraid to go too big with the idea and with that in mind you know i i look at it i tend to go through life looking at a very through a very broad scope. Like I, I like to look at things on like a universal scale. Yeah. And and generally everything I mean we're all a bunch of atoms condensed to a slow vibration, to quote Bill Hicks. <laughs> uh, and and that being said, I mean we are all energy and that energy can you know, it's it can stay, it can move, it's it's very fluid and it's it permeates everything so i feel like spirits are just another another form of energy that maybe we can't exactly tap into with our current physical ability but you know you look at animals and stuff and animals animals can pick up on that energy and we've we've noted that like we've people have noticed that phenomena for centuries um, yeah. forever and then, and then you see you see things like uh and it doesn't always have to do with just paranormal stuff uh like you know you could take like a tsunami like the one that hit indonesia a decade ago like one of the first things that they noticed prior to the tsunami was all the wildlife just disappeared and they couldn't find them and then a tsunami rolls through and then they all come back so it's like you know they they can tap into that energy and it's something that we're kind of disconnected from on an evolutionary scale so whenever i look at the paranormal i just look at it as you know another form of energy that we're not exactly tapped into but it's something that we can strive to tap into for sure well you know with that being a realistic approach and also philosophical you know i mean i think that's a great way to look at this type of topic you know you can you can take it from the the scary unknown supernatural aspect but also tie it into what you just described in a 
modern day type of aspect, you know, with natural disasters in a sense. And I think doing that, being able to have that knowledge and ability to take one and the other and put together, that kind of forms like a puzzle, you know, pieces to a puzzle. And and I've, I've spoken Mm -hmm. with several people about, you know, not, not just things like this, but religion and techniques and other sorts of forms where you bring different types of backgrounds together and it kind of comes into one. You get that answer for that one question, which is kind of mind blowing. It's like, how can you get the right answer to one question from different planes, you know, of information, but it's possible, you know? Right. Uh, Oh, I was, I was just going to reference another thing is like one of the, one of my favorite, um, kind of cheesy but one of my favorite quotes from a marvel movie because we're very we're Nerdy. super wrapped Go up in marvel and all um, that good stuff is approved here you're fine <laughs> right so in dr strange when uh stephen strange goes to the ancient one uh she shows him the book of like different maps from like mris cat scans to uh like uh, energy uh flow and uh what's the other one with the, with the needles acupuncture uh, yeah an acupunctural map and all that and when he throws when he like pushes back against that uh she's like you know you've spent your entire life uh looking through a keyhole or looking at life through a keyhole and the second that you're told that it that you can expand that view you narrow your focus and it's like it's like i totally feel that like that is exactly how I feel about it. It's like, you know, we have all these different things all over the world that we know about yeah. and we can use that evidence to support other theories and other parts. Paranormal very much included in that. Um, and a lot of people push back against it. Like, no, like it's okay if we use that information to justify X, Y, Z, well, you start talking about that, and it's like, oh, no, 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 it, it doesn't apply there. And yeah. It's like, no, like, you should totally apply it there, because it's relevant to it, so. You know, that, that's yeah. a great point there, too, Bill, and, and do you feel like it's more more or less that people are afraid of what they don't know? Is that why they try to push it away, or is it something they just can't comprehend? Not that they're afraid, but they just don't know how to bring it. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both, okay. honestly. Yeah, it's probably a mixture of fear and belief. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people get, a lot of people aren't terribly open to new ideas within their current belief system. Yeah. And uh, like a lot of people can be closed off, but I feel like if if you're open-minded with it and just recognize that, you know, maybe maybe we don't have all the answers or maybe somebody you're listening to doesn't have all the answers all the time and maybe you know life is more like a puzzle and we kind of have to piece things together to get a clearer view of what's going on then that's what we have to do but i i think fear fear definitely plays a role um even on a historical scale um you know we used to burn witches uh, <laughs> like in in europe and as as a as a race historically or as a species historically uh we haven't always been the most open-minded um and so i think fear is a big driver for that and i think that the other part is just the power of belief and kind of just not necessarily wanting to investigate that yeah um 
but you know it's an important aspect to investigate because you never know what you might find in it yeah or what you might learn about existence you're so which, right on that yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Sam, Bill, you guys make great points with that, you know, sincerely. And, it, you know, as, as much as it's kind of mind boggling, it's kind of intriguing how uh, we as a species can work like that. Oh, you know, before I forget here too, to get on a uh, quick fun note here for all the Marvel people out there, personnel, we are not doing anything <laughs> to hurt your copyright or reservations, just so you know, but Great yeah. points were made. <laughs> Marvel, you're doing stuff right. <laughs> Speaking the truth, you know, through the movies, man. There's the real gospel right there. <laughs> you know, with all you guys, with all these points you guys are making, let, let's dive into a little bit about you guys on on a more personal level. How did you guys start? Uh, getting into the paranormal and also do you guys have a paranormal team are you guys currently active in the paranormal field could you elaborate a little so we're trying to be more active um i had a team a while ago with my ex um i had a youtube channel about 10 years ago okay 10 ish 12 maybe more gosh i'm old um <laughs> But, 10 years ago when she was 11 because she's totally 21 uh -huh. yeah, we'll go with that. I've been 21 for a decade it's fine hey the compliments um, are golden <laughs> gotta get them in but um you know we're trying to be more active I've definitely got some stuff in the works with the YouTube channel um, like I said we kind of want to start a podcast ourselves absolutely I'm still kind of toying with the idea and, and trying to narrow things down. I really just don't have a setup for anything currently is what it is. We have our ghost hunting equipment. We just don't really have the setup to put it out there yeah. to the world quite yet. Um, and on my end, I, I just <laughs> lack the time because I'm pretty invested in, in developing my professional career. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, so right now we're pretty much sitting at a at a hobby level with aspirations to maybe go a little further. For sure. <laughs> well, that's enough um, to make something live. So guys don't right, let yeah. don't let go of that for sure oh no like that's something that really interests us uh, yeah. I, I know um, for me one of the things that really got me into it there were there were one's an experience the other one's uh, just kind of a well actually I have a couple experiences that happened when I was younger um, not both spirit related and then there's just kind of like a, a mindset. So I've always, I've always had this mindset where kind of macabre, but um, I, I never really like death. I never really saw it as, as like an end point. I saw it as more of a jumping off point. So like when it comes to like, you know, deaths in the family, deaths of pets, things like that. Yeah. I, I see it more as like, you know, it's it's the next adventure. Um, and I'm always down for adventure. Like my, my career is adventure. And um and so I've always seen it as like a man, wonder what's on the other side of that veil. Yeah. You know? Um and so because of that, that's you know, just kind of a mindset that I've had that's always had me interested in the paranormal. And then a couple experiences that I had, there was one um, where, and I, you know, we talked about this uh, just last week, but uh, I was on my way home. I was maybe, 
maybe eight or nine, and I was on my way home from Alabama, seeing some family down there. I'm sitting in the back of the car, we're in this little uh, sedan, um, and I'm in the driver's side back seat, right? Uh, there's nothing behind us, there's no trunk, anything. And we crossed over this river, and like, it just, it just felt weird as we were crossing over it. And, and I consider myself a little bit, uh, a little bit sensitive to paranormal stuff. Yeah. And, and it, it just gave me a weird vibe going over the river. And then I felt a, a left hand and I specifically remember it was a left hand because I could, I could feel the thumb like kind of behind my neck, but I, I just felt a left hand grab my left shoulder and, and like, you know, from the position that I was in, there is no way anything was behind me. Yeah. Like I, all there was behind me was a seat, a trunk and a license plate. And, <laughs> and I felt this firm left hand grab me on the left shoulder. And I like, look at it. I'm like, what, like, what is going on there? And then, wow. you know, that, that always stuck with me. It's pretty vivid. And then, yeah, it was, it was super vivid because, yeah. you know, it might've been middle of the night, but that, that, it woke me up. Uh, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then, um, another one, which wasn't really paranormal as far as spirits go, but still kind of fits that broad stroke of paranormal, um, was I was sitting up in my room and I was, I was probably like 14 and I'm sitting upstairs and our house overlooked like this lake. And, um, so me and my brother are up there playing guitar hero or something. And we paused it because we got in an argument fighting over, you know, oh, you know, you did this or I did that just because, you know, I'm good at Guitar Hero, my brother. <laughs> but, um, and while that's going on, uh, you know, I'm arguing with him and I see this light sticking out of the, sticking out of the uh, window, like yeah. across the lake from me. And at first I just thought it was a street lamp, but then I, I realized it was sitting pretty high off the ground like really high off the ground and I was like oh it's plain but it was like it wasn't moving and it didn't have a flashing light it was like this orange light uh, and I was like staring at it and my brother's just like what are you looking at like I was like what is that over there and so we sat there and we watched it for a few minutes and then this light divided into three different lights and uh, like a triangle shape wow and we were like, whoa, like, what is going on? And then this light kind of like came to be in the middle of it. Like it, it just kind of slowly grew from the darkness. You had like the super bright orange light in the middle. And then the one on top just like faded like really quick. Uh, like, you know, this is me looking at it off in the distance. And this thing's like maybe a hundred, 150 feet off the ground. Um, and so the the you have a triangle with the center bright light the top point just like fades immediately and I, we're like whoa yeah and then the bottom left just starts to kind of slide off like to the left like directly uh horizontal from it and it just kind of like drifted into nothing and then the uh one on the bottom right uh stayed there kind of hovered and like quaked a little bit and then shut off and then that bright light in the middle just went straight up like like to the stars straight up wow. and we're like what like what was 
what is what is that? <laughs> and so we immediately run downstairs and we're telling our parents, like, we just saw a UFO. Like, it had to be. And our I parents were like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And we're like, we, I swear, like, I, I, I swear we just saw something. It's like, I don't know what it is. And we described the whole situation. We both, I mean, we both still remember it. And it was, it was just crazy because I've never seen anything like that until about five or six years ago, I was seeing a video online of like a potential UFO sighting and it did almost the exact same thing. I was like, I saw that. Like I have seen that phenomena before. Can't exactly say what it is, but that was our first thought when we were, you know, teenagers and it was, it was wild. Man, so man. I've always kind of been interested in, in just anything you can't explain. Oh yeah, anything <laughs> that's just like totally unexplainable. It's like wow. Like, yeah. I haven't. I I mean, what can you do yeah. except try to try to explain it? For sure. Without you know, people being like, oh, no, you didn't, or <laughs> or whatever, you know. Man, that, that's just like no pun intended, but literally out of this world and phenomenal. And and you know, before before we move on to Sam's story, Bill, I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you about your two experiences there. Yeah, yeah, so, go ahead. So let's see. With with the first one, um, let, let's go back to the one with you being in the vehicle in the car. So for a long time, you know, while you were a young kid, you've really been pretty sensitive to this. Before I go to my main questions, let me ask you this. As a young kid up until this point, would you say that you've become more sensitive, less, or stayed the same? You know, it's it's kind of hard to say because I feel like, I feel like you know, going going back to my example with, with animals that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So I feel like that, the sensitivity is more of an instinctual, like, mm-hmm. thing yeah. from, like, a species type thing. And I think it's something that, you know, almost everything can feel like you can, you can, everything gives off like a vibration. And in, in my perspective, everything has like an energetic vibration to it. But, uh, you know, we're very disconnected as a species from that instinct. And I think much like any type of skill, like, you know, painting or singing or, or uh, playing music, it's something that you have to develop. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that you, you aren't just born like, you know, Jimi Hendrix wasn't born blasting Voodoo Child reprise. <laughs> you know, uh, Salvador Dali wasn't born like painting melting clocks on a wall. Yeah. And, and Mariah Carey wasn't born like whistling through her throat. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like it's not it's not something that you know you can just be like, hey, I have this skill. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not parcel mouth or parcel tongue from Harry Potter. It's it's something that like you kind of have to attune yourself to. Yeah. And I think because of that, I feel like I'm more in tune with it now because I kind of recognize when those situations, like, like yeah. it's a feeling okay. that you get. And, and when you learn how to recognize and separate that feeling from other feelings, yeah. then I think it's possible that you can like become more sensitive to it. Be- but the trick is, and the reason why people don't always find themselves attuned to that is it's something that you know fear takes over or or something of that nature like there's too much distraction for them to put themselves also there's you know the willingness to put yourself in a situation where you might experience that oh yeah 
And so you not only have to put yourself in that, but you also have to eliminate distraction and come at it, you know, with an open mind and a lot of personal awareness. And I think I've done that and I feel like I'm pretty in tune with it now. That's so. a great viewpoint, Bill. And, and you know, it's, it's awesome to hear that you feel like you've kind of adapted to it and also evolved along with it, you know, to be able to understand and, and experience some things in this world that's very real, but that not many people can. And yeah, and I think the hardest part about becoming in tune with something like that is, you know, coming at it with rationality. Yeah. Because it's very hard to experience fear and be able to separate yourself from that fear and come at something You're not rational. <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of people who might, you know, go rappelling off a cliff or go swim with sharks or yeah. jump out of an airplane. But while they're doing it, they're they're like terrified. Yeah. And a lot of times, though, because, you know, fear has a high correlation with uh, like a repression in the in the memory, you have to learn to separate that and focus on the things that keep the engine running, so to speak. So, like, if you jump out of a plane, you got to be thinking, okay, yes, I'm afraid, but the mechanics behind the gear are sound. Yeah. Like, people who are who I'm jumping with are experienced. I literally just have to put my trust in the process. Yeah. Like, separate myself from what I'm feeling and, like, trust it and just kind of try to experience the experience outside of fear. So. No, that is so true. And that's a great breakdown, too, of, you know, the process and the reality behind of being in a situation like that you know it's not just hunting for ghosts it's everyday stuff or even maybe not everyday but daredevil thrill seeking type of things you know and it's very true great examples man so bill let's let's go back to that night it was night that you're in that car right and not so much of what you thought then or you can share that but i'd like for you to share with us if you don't mind what you processed that night and what you process now, how do you think it's possible for the experience to have happened and what do you believe it was? Um, as far as possibility, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think just judging by what, what it was and when it was in my life, like that was, that was also a time in my life when, you know, I had just recently lost a grandparent and it was it was a grandparent that I was relatively close with. I didn't see him all the time, yeah. Uh, but I I really obviously you know enjoyed having him around and all that. And, uh, it was it was one of those things where I I just had a lot of stuff going on, um, and I honestly the feeling that I got from it because while it was like a firm hand on the shoulder type thing, it was also kind of like I got the feeling that it was benevolent more or less. Yeah. And and it was just one of those things where I, I can't necessarily attribute it to one thing or another just because I was so young and like while I remember like the feeling of it and I remember how I felt about it, I don't really remember like I couldn't tell you where I was exactly. I couldn't tell you what was going on in the area exactly. But all I can say is that, you know, the the grasp felt benevolent. Okay. And just kind of the feeling that I got from it is I got a feeling of like, you know, someone cared. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, whoa. 
which is, I think, part of the reason I didn't scream and wake up everybody in the car. <laughs> was, yeah, was like, man, I felt I mean... it, and just because the feeling that I got from the thing, like, you, you know when you're going through a hard time and, like, a friend or, or possibly a sibling or a parent, like, you know, puts their hand on their shoulder and gives you, like, a good light, uh, kind of lighthearted shake. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of felt like that. Like, okay. like you, you were going through a tough time and somebody was there for you. Yeah. And, and I was just sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So it felt very, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. It, it felt very like reassuring, which is why I just kind of like looked at my shoulder and was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> it's really like, happened, but I don't feel threatened and I don't feel like I should be scared. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was just yeah. like, whoa. Like, all right. right. And I think, you know, that probably plays a role in why I don't feel a whole lot of fear in, in those types of situations. It's because, like, my first experience, it wasn't like a, you know, I, I didn't have I didn't have some black mass standing over me, like, <laughs> while I was trying to sleep. Right. Or, like, or something like throwing things around the walls. Like, it, it was something comforting and reassuring. And it was like, okay. Uh, like this is this is all right yeah yeah and, and that's great that you had a first experience like that because unfortunately for others that's not always so and i and obviously that's more likely the reason why people have such a difficult time understanding you know what's going on and even wanting to know what's going on but that's great that your first experience like that was you know so positive and reassuring you know to help you be the person you are to this day doing what you do that, that's just great you know because it, it's it's really intriguing that you had an experience in a moving vehicle because i i think for many people there's not too many people out there that can say they've had an experience like that typically it's in a stationary area it's at a place that has history but you were in a vehicle to your knowledge, as a, as a young child, there wasn't any history to the vehicle or the road that you were on. It's just kind of circumstance, really. And maybe there are a lot of people out there. They just haven't shared their stories. But for the fact that you've went through that, that's just that story alone is just really cool to me. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I, I always thought it was kind of odd myself, like looking into yeah. looking into the paranormal that it happened mm. like you know on some random state highway between yeah. Indiana and Alabama. It's like you know, middle of the night, just driving around, and it happens. I, I'm like, yeah, it was just like, huh? All right, like, <laughs> cool. So, Bill, let's yeah. let's jump over to uh, your your other story that you had with the lights. So, the first thing that popped into my mind, and I was just excited when I thought about it, was the original classic story of the. Aurora, I believe I'm saying that right. The uh, that old fat, not old fashioned. Well, it might be old fashioned. I don't know all my history when it comes to ufology and, and alien research, but it's the Aurora um, ship or project, which some people have proclaimed to have been uh, man-made. Some proclaim that it's an alien craft, and some people have proclaimed that it's not any type of craft. It's some type of spiritual being or some type of other dimensional being that formulates in a triangular shape and whatever its purpose is it hasn't been discovered yet but i guess with this um i'm going to try to break this up 
and not overwhelm you with questions. But <laughs> first <laughs> off, um, what what I'll do, do you, my best? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it was? Um, why do you believe you witnessed it? And do you think it has any significance with the Aurora project? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I got I got one answer for every single one of those questions. Sweet. I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I I couldn't tell you why I saw it. Yeah. Uh, you know it. You know, like I said, I was in an argument with my brother over Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> We actually called. It, it happened right over one of my best friend's yeah. houses. Okay. Like, and, <laughs> and like, literally immediately after we told our parents, I ran back upstairs and grabbed my phone and was like, "Drew, it's like, hey, did you see like anything? Like, have you been outside recently? Have you seen anything outside? Like, have you noticed anything?" And he said he he wasn't outside, but his room has like a like a or like his. His uh, brothers and himself have like this walkout basement. Yeah, and he said he said he was like chilling in his room doing what teenagers do, and he he looked outside and he saw he, he thought he saw like a faint glow. Yeah. That was kind of weird because they don't have a light like in their backyard or anything. Yeah, um, and their room looks outside, but he could see like there weren't any lights on because his parents were away. And he could see like a faint glow, but that was about. I mean, it was nice to have that corroborating, like, you know, validation. Exactly. Because it's like, okay, so me and my brother didn't like just randomly go crazy and see this weird thing. <laughs> There's like, that a carbon monoxide leak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody cleaned the bathroom with the Windex and the Clorox. <laughs> like, you're, you're all good. And uh, and so like it was nice to have that, but other than that, like, I mean. It was just, it was yeah. so random, and I just happened yeah. to, it was, I mean, the windows looking out on that side of my room are super small, so it's it's crazy that I even caught a glimpse of it, uh, and I, I don't know what it was about it, it just kind of stuck out on the horizon, and I was like, yeah. that's odd, and so, like, it kind of had me just keep staring at it, because I was like, you know, it was one of those feeling things, Yeah. it was like, I saw it, and I was like, something's not right there like and i couldn't exactly figure it out but the longer we watched the more it was like yeah that's definitely like, that's, something <laughs> yeah like, i don't i couldn't tell you what it is um because you know I mean, it's one of those things where before you can come to a conclusion on something you have to be able to eliminate possibilities and oh, yeah. you know with there's so many rumors out there and it's it's crazy when to me the crazy thing isn't the phenomenon the crazy thing is the jump to conclusion um where it's like i definitely know it was a military exercise i definitely know it was a ufo it's like yeah. can you explain how it happened and they're like well no it's like then how can you be so sure exactly yeah and all i all i can say is like none of the way that any of the lights appeared yeah. n- none of the way that they disappeared and especially like have you ever played around with one of those like two mile lasers have you seen those before? I believe I've Maybe. seen them, but I haven't actually played with one myself live so in person. I, I've I've played with those before. I used to they used to you know sell them at like music festivals and stuff from yeah. time to time. You didn't yeah. some, and I I had this green one, and it was crazy because like we lived in the middle of nowhere, and you could you could feel like you know you get that you know you point it 
you feel like you could hit the star with it because it went up so high. Wow. And and then because of those, like it was that exact same feeling when when we watched that final ball of light just shoot straight up in the air. It's like you could follow it forever, and it like just disappeared into the stars, and you were like, what? <laughs> Like, what did we just witness? <laughs> what was that? And because, uh, you know, at, at the point that that happened, we were both very interested in what was going on because we were, like, jumping from window to window and oh, being yeah. sure that it wasn't, like, a glare on something or, uh, or like, anything because we were, like, already just trying to eliminate stuff. Like, no, it can't be that because this. And then we'd go over there and be like, wait, it's, it's still happening, isn't it? Yeah. Like, dang. Uh, so yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what it was. All I can say is like it was it was crazy and it was not uh, it was not a plane to my knowledge. It wasn't any kind of modern like yeah, it wasn't Southwest Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was kind of a wild experience and I've still not been able to quite narrow down what it is, but I've I've seen the Aurora phenomenon uh kind of debate online and i've definitely seen some videos of similar activity okay. um before and when i did see it i like freaked out initially uh because i think i was in college and uh and i saw a video on like youtube just because I, I fell into a youtube hole and, um, <laughs> I, I, right right you know i was i was somewhere between cats and zip popping and, and <laughs> I, that showed up, and then I was just like, oh my god! It's like, I've seen this! <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, that's that's where I stand on that, is inconclusive. <laughs> you know, Billy, it, with all your uh, descriptions and everything, I mean, you're helping me paint a very vivid canvas right now. I'm trying to imagine that same night, you know, seeing what you saw, and it, it's, it's just great, you know, the detail that you can give back from so long ago, and it's, I don't know, what, what really intrigues me, a specific detail, is how you spoke about the lights going off into different directions and having different patterns to them, which, obviously, I can't prove this, but what it kind of makes my mind think is, it wasn't a single craft. So, maybe it's not the aurora that we're thinking about or that we're used to. Maybe the aurora altogether isn't a single craft. But from what you described, it, it seems like whatever this was, living or non, it uh, it wasn't a single entity or object. I, you know, it's... it's So hard to say. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to say because it was like, you know, it fit in perfectly I, on that low horizon, even out in the country. Yeah. Like on that low horizon like it's it's pretty dark especially out in the middle of nowhere mm. like you couldn't get an outline you couldn't like make anything out wow uh, so if it was something like to me it was you know these it started off as one individual light yeah. just hovering over in the darkness in a place where there weren't any lights yeah and then it turned into that and as <laughs> like you know the whole phenomenon probably lasted like maybe three to five minutes Wow. And, and it was just like, you know, we were like in a trance watching it. It was just like, what are we looking at? And yeah. we didn't want to look away because we, we wanted to keep eyes on it, you know? Of course. Because it was like, no, I, I want to be able to, I, I want to take this in and figure out what it is later. Like, maybe I can explain it later. And then, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't matter how many times we explained it. I'm 
totally lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, so maybe, maybe multiple, maybe it was one. I don't know. I, yeah. No, I totally I've never, get that. I've never traveled in, in space before. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what type of possibilities they have. You know, interdimension, galactic. <laughs> Could be you know, intergalactic, planetary, exactly. another dimension, new galaxy. <laughs> no, but... How dare you? <laughs> oh, hitting the spots. <laughs> you know, and I mean, for all we know, too, Bill, I mean, being that it, it, it is a case of being inconclusive, it may have just been some type of visionary effect, you know, maybe it was coming from somewhere far away, maybe it wasn't actually there in front of you, right. you know, an optical illusion of some sort. I mean, like, like yeah. you stated, there are so many possibilities, it's not oh, funny, and three, <laughs> and three to five minutes may have seemed like a long time at that time, especially witnessing it. It didn't feel like three to five minutes, but that's honestly right. such a short amount of time to take in what you're seeing and trying to understand it. It's... I couldn't imagine being in a situation like that. That's out of this world. Pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it really was. Because like, and and I honestly, I think one of my favorite parts about that whole memory isn't just the fact that my brother also experienced it. So like, you know, it's it's something that we share on that. Um, but also the fact of like just how it happened. Yeah. Was because I mean, when he realized that I was staring out of a window while we were like mid debate, he was. Uh, he was not happy. <laughs> he was just like, hey, 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 I'm talking to you. Like, like, what are you doing? And I was like, look over there. Like, what is that? And he's like, don't change the subject. I was like, look. And, and then, you know, we looked. And afterwards, we were both just like wide-eyed looking at each other like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, we just like ran downstairs because we were like mom dad <laughs> you guys are back on teams for all you knew it, it was a war of the worlds you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just had some where's will smith <laughs> <laughs> need a specialist for this man <laughs> he knows how to fly so i mean yeah, yeah he'll save us somehow <laughs> Once again, no copyrights or reservations for Will Smith either, guys. Thank you. No, I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> you know, giving shout-outs to the pop culture. Exactly, exactly. We mean no harm. Shout-outs. <laughs> we quote we in peace. I know. <laughs> All right, so, you know, Bill, you're packed full of awesome stories there, man. I mean, I, I feel like we could go on more and more with detail, but, of course, we got to be fair. And... Right. Oh, Sam has some. Sam I actually guess... has a really interesting history with it. Yeah, For sure. Sam, go go ahead. Um, well, I think to preface this, I will say, um, I wasn't a super sheltered kid. My parents like nothing was off limits for us to like watch or talk about. It wasn't like, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at three, uh, I watched it in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Nice. Um, <laughs> my dad didn't let me I kept sneaking behind the couch and I think he thought that if he let me watch it with him it would help Wrong. it did not <laughs> <laughs> like I get flashbacks to that clown when Tim Curry smiles sometimes oh just... man <laughs> but um, I don't know I think I according to my mom and my dad I've also I've always been kind of sensitive to it too yeah and if there was a reddit when I was a child I, I would have been the star of the creepy, creepy things kids say subreddit. 
you'd be all me. Um, when it first started, we moved to the house that I grew up in, from Gary to New Carlisle. Okay. And then I guess I told my mom that there was a man in the garage. The garage is full of like that pegboard stuff with all the holes. Yeah. And I told yeah. her that he was watching us through the holes. I don't That's remember saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but she it creeped her out and she was like, all right. Never really messed with the garage. Thinking, yeah, it's time to sign up for neighborhood. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he thought there was somebody actually in the yard at some point. Um, but my mom always told me stories. She had a really, she had really crazy experiences in a house she grew up in in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, to be honest, and if she ever listens to this, sorry, mom, I don't think your stories are crazy now. Um, <laughs> even at eight, like I was like, mm, I don't know, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> like, I think that's a little far. Uh, right. Yeah. I was, I was also, you know, a little know-it-all, so that didn't help my case. Um, but I had lost my first, like, real experience that kind of, I don't want to say traumatized, that's a little dramatic, um, <laughs> impacted me. Yeah. Yeah. I get a little dramatic with my words sometimes, so. That's all right. Forgive me. <laughs> um, no, all but, natural, that's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I had lost a grandfather to cancer, and, um, you know, I loved him and he loved me, but we weren't super close. My dad is one of nine siblings, and I have a ton of cousins. Gotcha. Um, That's understandable. And, you know, again, my parents didn't, like, not explain things to it. So, like, I understood that dead was gone, you know, that he wasn't coming back and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm about eight or nine, and um, Lion King was the jam at the moment. Absolutely. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was a tiny bit obsessed at that point in time. Uh, I had all my little action figures. I had the soundtrack on cassette, and it was in the middle of the day. It's a snow day. My mom and my and her aunt are sitting downstairs talking on the couch, drinking coffee. I think my brother was gone. My sister was taking a nap, and I'm just jamming out, just Hakuna Matating at the top of my lungs. Amen. Ridiculous. <laughs> Some 90s for you. Yeah, yeah, we, we've all been here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've all belted Timon's part at the top of our lungs. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I just felt like I was being watched. And I knew my dad might be coming home early, and we kind of had a game of, like, scaring each other. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I kind of very just slyly peek over my shoulder, and I don't see anything. So I'm like, okay. But I sit up. And I'm sitting more straight, and I'm just ready for it. I'm like, he's going to try to scare me, and I'm not going to be scared, and I'm just going to laugh. Um, so I go back to what I'm doing, and I hear the closet door behind me. It's one of those bifolding ones. Oh, man. And it just kind of crunches. And it was already open. But I'm like, that's weird. I look. Nothing. So I go back to what I'm doing. Not even five minutes later. And it crunches again, but it doesn't... They do that thing where they make a noise yeah. when they close, and then they kind of make a little bit of noise when they open. It didn't make that noise like the pressure had let off of it, oh. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, yeah. And so I turn around, I'm just like, I'm going to get him. I know what he's doing. And I spin around my butt real fast, and I look, and I couldn't say anything for like two whole minutes because there was my grandfather standing there with his arms crossed, just smiling at me. Oh, Not. Man. Not foggy, not creepy, it's not dark outside, like, he was a solid human. Wow. 
He's like, ha, scared you. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> Which he totally would have done. Because <laughs> that's yeah. where my dad gets his sense of humor from. And so <laughs> I'm just like staring at him with my mouth just dropped open. I probably sat there for two and a half minutes. Felt like forever. Wow. And then for whatever reason, like, I think because in my brain I was going, no, he's dead. No, he's dead. No, he's dead. Like, I just screamed bloody murder. I took off running down the hallway. We have a tri-level house that has like six stairs to the main floor and six stairs to the basement. I don't think I hit a single stair. Jeez. I think I just left <laughs> onto the couch between my grand my aunt and my mom and I'm Levitated like down. Oh, I was hysterical. And you know, my mom said, you know, well we've we've talked. They calmed me down. Yeah. And my aunt tells me, Well, you know, he loved you. He's not gonna hurt you. You know, we believe you. And my mom's like, well, we've talked about spirits. We've talked about ghosts. And, you know, if you believe in that, everybody can be a ghost. She's like, your grandpa included. She's like, he just wanted to say hi to you. So that freaked me out for a good week, though. I don't think I went back in my bedroom for a minute. But, I mean, that one really cemented it in my brain. Yeah. My house was nuts and um i have a little helpful ghost we like to call it from that uh -huh. so there was a small girl that passed on the property before our house was there mm. it was a big farm and it started with just like little things moving like the kind where you kind of just think you're going crazy yeah. like nah yeah i did put that there that's the best kind <laughs> right yeah, real convenient when you're late for work. And, oh, yeah. oh, man. I see where this is going. <laughs> she, she's fun. Um, but then, you know, things started happening um, with toys and electronics. Because, you know, obviously she's a kid. She's really interested in what we were doing. Yeah. We were kids. So, you know, we had... I hate them. They're so creepy, but we had Furbies. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. You and, like, 85% of the 90s generation. <laughs> oh, man. I like. I loved it at first, but, like, the more it learned how to talk, I'm like, yeah, this thing's weird. I don't like it so much. <laughs> Not like the modern Amazon Echoes we have today. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> least, it was like, hey, wiretap. No, uh, <laughs> at least Furby was but, you know, we'd take the batteries out of them all the time and put them in other things. And yeah. there was one time I was home with my mom and, you know, she sets weird things out sometimes. So she just had the Furby on the coffee table for Lord knows what reason. Yeah. <laughs> but it had no batteries in it. And we're just sitting there and we're sitting on the couch talking and then it just flings its eyes open. Oh, and it man. goes, boo, I scared you. And I was like... Did you, you put? Did, I said, did you put batteries back in that? She said, mm, I don't think so. So we just kind of let it sit there for a minute, and then we flipped it upside down. No batteries in it. And we're like, okay. Then a couple hours later, it just starts barking like a dog. What? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, like, it didn't um, have that as an option, right? Like, I, I'm not oh, no. too gung-ho <laughs> on Furbies, because I didn't really collect them, I'm sorry. But, uh, right. I'm, I'm lame. But Furbies weren't known to bark like a dog, right? right. They no, could they learn it. much just, like, took in the information. The yeah, so, okay. yeah, so we did have dogs, so it's possible that 
it had learned it, but not without batteries. But it didn't have batteries. Yeah, so yeah like Bill, I heard you in the background, Bill. Not without batteries. <laughs> yeah. So um, things like that. There was another like, I had a Barbie horse, because again, '90s baby, and mm -hmm. I just had all the Barbie. Um, but I might have been 15 at the time. It was sitting on a shelf. It definitely didn't have batteries in it, because you know. I had to put it in my portable CD player yeah. and rock it to my music. Um, <laughs> but it just, it had this jewel in its head that you would push and it would talk and you could feed it like an apple and it would talk. It just said goofy crap. Yeah. Um, so I'm just standing in my room and I'm putting things in my backpack to go to school. And I hear like a neighing noise and I'm like, I kind of look up and I'm like, no, that's not it. That didn't just happen. This yeah. is fine. I'm just hearing things. And then it did it again, and it said this thing that it said. It's like, what did it say? Oh, you're my best friend. And then it would say, like, pet me and brush my hair. And it kind of cycled through all of those. And I'm like, nah. Oh. <laughs> I picked it up. <laughs> Basically, what I did, when she liked something, I would put it in the crawl space. I'd be like, you can have it. Wow. You can have it in there. <laughs> like... This is your space. Take it in here. Um, and a doll. I had a porcelain doll that would wind up and play music. And I, oh, wow. dolls creep me out, but my mom wanted me to have it. And I was yeah. like, oh, it was a really pretty doll. Um, music just sat on my. Worse. Yeah. A hundred percent worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting in my bed and I'm like half asleep and I just hear this click, click 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 and I'm thinking the cat's stuck in the room yeah so I get up and I look and my door's shut and there's no cat and I go to sit back down in the bed and the doll the music starts playing and it would move while it played yeah and it just played it played like somebody had wound it all the way up it played for a solid minute and a half Jeez. Oh, I know what you're talking about yeah um so that went in the crawl space too um <laughs> But I think, I don't know, I think the experience that really, like, cemented it for me that we don't really know what's going on. Yeah. So my, my best friend had, like, crazy house. Just, if we had nine more hours, we could deep dive into that. But, oh, um, man. I have to yeah. bring you guys back on, then. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> part two, part three. Oh yeah. For She's sure. originally from Gary. I don't know if you know. Yeah, you're you're living in India. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's from yeah, I actually yeah. had a uh, investigator on our team that was from Gary as well. He he had some stories too. Oh <laughs> yeah. Weird Just... correlation. You know? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> man. My ex and my friend Christine and I and a couple of our other friends who were from the Chesterton area. They came out to her house. We started our investigation there and it was just one of those nights that felt like off. Yeah. Like just that pit of your stomach, like something's gonna go wrong mm -hmm. in this situation. And they came to us and we were going to I'm not gonna remember the name of this cemetery. I know it's either in Valparaiso or Chesterton, and I know that there's a bridge near it, and it's not Devil's Bridge, but we were going to the bridge and the cemetery. And we were headed out on Highway 2, 
through the port and we're kind of in the back roads area and this is just dude i don't know why he stuck out but he did i don't want to say he was glowing but kind of i don't know he just really stuck out yeah. mostly because he's walking a dark highway alone but he's got this hoodie on it's pulled up and we pass him and it was just like we all got like the shivers when we passed him and i was like ugh. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, for the fact I, there's a creepy dude on the highway, right? <laughs> late at night, like a, it was like yeah. that extra. Uh, and Christine's like, ah, oh, I don't like that dude. And I'm like, neither do I. I was like, please <laughs> drive faster. That's and we were maybe speeding just a tad. Yeah. Um, totally fine. Yeah. I mean, so that's a reasonable response, right? Yeah, that, we were driving. That's horror movie material right there, right. man. So, <laughs> oh, thank God. So we're doing about 60, 70 in the opposite direction of this dude, and I'm like leaning against the back window, and Christine's in the front, and she just starts flipping out, and I'm like, "What is the matter with you? Why are you screaming?" And she's like, "It's the guy." It's what? the gun. And she can see him far off, and I couldn't see him yet, because I'm pretty night blind. But we get closer, and he's all of a sudden, you know, five miles ahead of where he, back from where he started from. Oh, wow. And he's just standing there. And, ugh. Give me cold chills. It felt like the temperature dropped. It felt like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we felt the temperature yeah. drop. We felt, like, ugh, just bad vibes all around. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to this cemetery. And, you know, the whole time we're in the cemetery and the bridge, nothing really happens, but everybody still feels kind of off. Yeah. Yeah. Just off. Like, he was malicious, and I was like, our friend Justin was driving, and I'm like, Justin, just, let's not take the back roads. Let's go. Quickly. Let's go the more main road. Yeah. And let, let's do it that way. So we can cut through the port to get food, but let's take the highway. Post-haste. And, um... So we do, and we cut through the port, and we hit a drive-thru, and we get food. And um, we're going through downtown the port. There's literally, it's got to be 4 o'clock in the morning. Literally not a stool anywhere. Um, and we're at a stoplight, and all of a sudden, there's a different dude that kind of just appears to my right, comes up to the passenger side of the car, and he said, he, the windows are down. And he kind of leans in and he says, you guys need to take it easy and you need to be careful. And that's all he says with zero context, really? zero anything. Like we, we have no clue who he is. And he just walks off. And he kind of disappears around a corner. Just like noted. I'm like, <laughs> this is a weird night. <laughs> so we get, back, we get back to New Carlisle. And I don't know if you've ever been there. Can't say I have. Yeah. There's literally one stoplight in the entire town. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's super small. So you turn at the stoplight and then you take the next left at the next stop sign to get to Christine's house and it's right there. We get to the stoplight and you know Justin went slow. He took random stranger's advice and the car dies. All the transmission fluid had drained out of the car and we had to push it all the way back to Christine's house. Wow. And it was just... We were going to investigate the house that night. I'm like, let's just go to bed. I can't. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't process this evening. Yeah. Like, 
it wasn't even what we intended it to be. Like, I could have handled the ghosts at the cemetery. Like, that's what I wanted. That's what we were there for. Highway ghosts. But yeah, I the dude that reappeared, five, uh, I don't know what homeboy was, but <laughs> he was not cool. <laughs> we were definitely Man. not stopping for him. If he had an axe in his hand, he would have been roadkill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> Yeah, the, the car would be okay. You know, that's what insurance is for, you know. But... Right. <laughs> I, think the, I think the most terrifying one uh, was Oki Pinoki. <gasps> Oki Pinoki Woods? Oh, yeah. Man. I have. You've heard of it. Oh, I, have, yeah. I think everybody's heard of it at oh, this point. Yeah. Well, the reason why I, I kind of freak out so much, it, it's 2018 still for everyone listening. It's fall time. Yeah. And actually, um, a couple of weeks before this podcast tonight, Bill and Sam, my team and I were planning on going to Okie Woods because we've heard of the murders and the possible paranormal activity. But we had just read that... Um, June this year, there was a recent murder there, or at least a couple of bodies found. And a yeah. couple of my investigators on the team, after reading this and, you know, doing our research on the, the location, they're like, Schuler, we're not really feeling too comfortable going to this location. Um, there's known to be more patrol officers now, and they may not take kindly to us coming out there after hours. And, of course, we'd have to get permission from, you know, some type of administration. But, um, and, and also, with all this negative feedback that's been happening lately, it, it just kind of feels a little dangerous. But for the fact that you guys bring this up, Sam, Oki Pinoki, apparently there is something to this location, and I will not interrupt you any further. Go ahead, please. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. This, this, one. this one's... It's weird. So... It's uh... So we basically, the first time we went out there, we got pulled over by DNR on our way out. And we told him what we were doing, and we kind of explained it to him. He goes, that's fine. He goes, I just didn't want you, like, littering back there, spray painting anything, anything like that. Yeah. You know, there is a campground nearby. It's fine. Um, He goes, but just know, if you get lost, I'm not coming in there until it's daylight (laughs) to come find you. What? That's that's funny. And he wasn't joking either. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Yeah. The driving to that place is just really the atmosphere, the way the trees go over the drive. There's just these creepy pillars. It just sets the mood anyway. This was also like 2004, 2005, so. 2007. Oh, okay. Um, so my ex and my two guy friends and I went, and there were some other girls and another guy in a different car that came with us. Okay. Everybody else was all about it. I had already been there and I didn't like it. Yeah. Like, it just makes me really nauseous when I'm there. Did you have an experience prior to this? So, before this, we had tried to collect evidence, but when we left, everything was just not working. Wow. My my EVPs were static or just robotic sounding. I don't know if it's an electromagnetic thing, but it definitely, definitely makes me sick to my stomach and uneasy. Wow. Okay. And so, we get there. And we're in a, like a 93 Ford Taurus station wagon yeah. that doesn't have automatic anything. Oh. So all the locks are manual, all the windows crank. And so I we walk around a bit. They try the whistling thing. They're talking. They're doing EVPs. Everybody's just kind of cutting up and having a good time. And uh, I'm just not feeling it. So I'm like, I'm going to go sit in the car. 
So I slide into the back seat. I'm in the middle of the back seat. And then I'm just kind of looking around. I got really cold all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like frigidly cold. And I got that uh oh feeling going on. And as I'm sitting in the car, all the locks on all the doors go down and all the door That's handles inside and out. Yeah. Huh. No, totally fine. All the door handles inside and out start going like somebody's yanking on them. Jeez. I can see them moving. My friends can see them moving. They're running to the car. The kid that owns the car finally gets to the car, and when he touches the car, it kind of stops. Yeah. And I just bolted out of the car and started crying. I'm like, we are leaving now. I'm not staying here. Like, it was probably... That place is probably one of the heaviest presents I've ever felt. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's one of those places where I'm inclined to say... And I'm not overly inclined to say this about anything. Um, that it may be something more than human. Hmm. That's um, interesting. And I don't venture down that road a whole lot. But it's 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 hard to describe the feeling that makes me... The feeling it gives me yeah. when I'm there. To kind of put me in that state of mind. From, from what you're saying, Sam, it just seems like uh, you felt cornered and vulnerable with whatever this thing was. It's, it's like it yeah. knew it had some type of power over you and to panic you like that it definitely trapped me and yeah. i got the message loud and clear and i was like i'm out Jeez, <laughs> man you know you've had a lot of stories shared here and obviously probably too many with the time that we have for me to ask so many questions but i will pick i will pick two <laughs> of my favorite just like how i did with bill i got two from him um yeah let's step back to the entity on the highway the one before the Oki yeah. Pinocchio. Um, so you were saying that you saw two entities in physical form, right? And they were two separate entities, the guy on the highway first, and then the guy that came up to you and spoke to you through the yeah. window. Yeah. And completely different feelings from both. Okay. So let's start with the one that was uh, a loner on the highway. H- how would you describe that? What do you think he or it was and what type of intentions do you believe it had? I definitely had, I think everybody in the car would agree it was a negative. Mm. We didn't even slow down and you could, it just kind of permeated the whole car. Um, And, you know, I don't know, I really don't know what it was. Um, But weird stuff, like, particularly when my ex, Christine, and I were together, I don't know what it was about us, but we were kind of like beacons for extra strange things to happen. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't really know what it was. I just know it was bad, and I wanted to be nowhere near it. So do you think it had anything to do with the cemetery that you were going towards, or do you think it was attached to the the highway, or do you think it was just something that was following somebody? It could have been the highway, um, but like I said, her house was kind of crazy as well. Yeah. Super intense like that. So, you know, I what we believe was haunting her house was known to mess with you a little bit. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't confined to that space all the time. Interesting. It, it definitely could have been that as well. I really don't know. I yeah. just You can't put your finger on it. But, I mean, just going but, back to that time, trying to reimagine your emotions, what you felt, it's just, yeah. It was intense, for sure. Yeah, that, that's super intense, to say the <laughs> least about it. I mean, man, I couldn't imagine, 
you know, driving, well, I kind of can, you know, being in a uh, environment where you don't expect anything to happen and then it happens and you're just not prepared yeah. for it, but you have to, you have to live through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's one of those situations that's, that's where, the challenge. It it's is, one of those situations where I'm glad five other people were there. Oh yeah. So absolutely. they can be like, yeah, it happened. Just like you saw it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I couldn't imagine going through a experience like that by myself. I mean, I've had a couple experiences by myself, but uh, not where I had to see something physical like that and actually try to remember what reality is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So let's jump to a part two, Sam, um, with the entity that you saw, I believe, in town after you guys got done eating. What do you think about that? Like, do you believe... It was attached to something. It was following. What do you think is the origin of that being, if you will? I'm I'm not sure. It was definitely. I mean, it was definitely the exact opposite of the other one. Yeah. Like we two extremes in that night, which is just insane. Um, I'm not sure. I just think it it was the right place, the right time, and and. Us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, having the devil and the angel on your shoulder, I guess, huh? That is a hundred percent what that night was. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have both uh I can't say vices, but you, you had both sides with you there. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I think there's something to be said about that too, is like, you know, there's a lot of validity in uh the fact that not only is life, but apparently the afterlife is a highway. Yeah. No. You're not lying, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> You are not lying. Great reference. Yeah, that's just something else, man. I mean, when, when I think about it, it's kind of like Bill's story with uh, the shapes that he saw. I think about the Aurora. Well, when you talk yeah. about that, not, not the negative entity, but the more positive, I think about a possible, um, you know, guardian angel or some type of good entity that's either connected to one of you guys or that can just have free will or maybe it was it was a human for all we know let's just quote unquote be logical (laughs) and let's say it's a human and this guy is mechanically inclined and he saw that there was some type of fluid leaking even though it's dark and that's not something you look for but you know i'm I'm just saying but i kind of me personally i want to go with a guardian angel i wasn't there but that's what i would lean towards because that's just phenomenal i mean what are the chances you're going to have a random person come up to you and be like hey drive slow you know take it easy and stuff like that that's right it's just a lot (laughs) i I feel like there's there's a couple things that you could pull from that like under the assumption that maybe it could have been a guardian angel i i like i like what you were talking about with the uh, transmission fluid, like it could have been somebody who just noticed that the vehicle was absolutely older, but yeah. also like I, I feel like another possibility is it could have been somebody who's pretty empathic and pretty in touch with that and had the original entity been um, maybe something that might have attached uh, or been attached to her friend. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like manifested while they were on their way. Because uh, they were kind of in that mindset and had that energy about them. Yeah. Uh, if it manifested in that way, maybe it was somebody who's just really sensitive to that and was like, "I feel the need to tell these people to be careful." Because, yeah. like, I mean, I've definitely, like, I, I feel like everybody, everybody is compelled to do things sometimes, even sometimes things that are like odd or, yeah, or normal or 
I I don't really know how to classify it. Everybody ha- has a compulsion to do things at some point. So I, I feel like it's definitely within the realm of possibility that somebody uh, empathic had had that middle scenario been the case. Um, somebody could have been like, I just feel like I need to tell them this. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean. That's a great point, Bill. You know, I didn't think about that, but that's a very possible outcome. You know, someone was really in tune and they just wanted to do the right thing. That's yeah, great. they were like, I don't know why I need to do this, but I need to do yeah. this. Yeah. That's why they didn't right. give much information. They, did, they knew it was weird to begin with, so it's like, let's just get the important words out and go on. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I've had I've had compulsions to do uh, things like that as well. Like, uh, you know, again, referencing an experience that happened to both of us um, that we talked about with, uh, with you last week was um, when we were in the graveyard in Story, Indiana. <clears throat> And, and I just felt like compelled to go to this one headstone that was like way far out away from the others, uh, like a solid hundred yards away from everything else. Oh, yeah. And as soon as we got there, like all of our equipment just died. Like we made it within like 10 feet of it and fresh batteries and five different items and they all died at the same time. And so it's like those compulsions, especially for somebody who's in in tune or uh you know so to speak uh with that kind of instinct or feeling it's i feel like it's definitely in the realm of possibility that that you know they could have just felt something off and been like i have to do this and i don't know why but i'm gonna you're right yeah no that's a that's another great point man i mean you can break this down and make a lot of sense out of these things, and you're doing it. <laughs> That's what I love about talking with you guys. You know, you're on that same level of understanding and, you know, being open-minded to where you can break it down and bring some logic to the table because for some people, just saying, you know, ghosts and spirits isn't enough. Sometimes you have to right. melt it down to the core, and, you know, when you have people that have the patience to do that, it just makes things a lot easier for other people, you know, that might have right. a more yeah. difficult time. But, you know, and in, in on this, Sam, it goes to the Oki Pinocchio story. I want to ask you, um, I know this is kind of a more short story, and it kind of just hits you randomly. But yeah. what, do you, <laughs> what do you believe was tied to that location? Obviously, it's been recorded that there were some deaths, so there's been some negative activity. It's a public domain where people can come in and you don't know if people are doing rituals or any type of negative practices from what yeah, you experience, it, would you say it's demonic evil of a human nature or what would you say you encountered? I see. That's where I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's one of those places where I'd say the energy is more than human, Okay. but I don't know if I would go demon, I don't know if it's just a combination of all the bad things that have happened that have kind of just manifested into one thing. Of course. Um, or if it's one, you know, particular spirit that's just nasty. I do know that, you know, on top of the murders, it obviously was, um, there is record of it being Native American land and all of that as well. Oh, okay. I did not know that so, part. <laughs> yeah. The name. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's part of the reason Indiana is, uh, you know, first off, that's how Indiana got its name. Yeah. But, uh, you know, land of the Indians. Um, but also, you know, Indiana back before back before we colonized it, um, 
was largely we were like the swamp of the Midwest. Like, it's part of the reason our humidity is off the charts and why we have so many rivers. Yeah. Like you look at the shape of Indiana by itself, and you notice that like that bottom corner, yeah. that southwestern corner, that's where White River, uh, both forks of the White River merge, and then they meet there. It's where you got Blue River, you got the Ohio River, you got the Wabash River. Like everything in the like Ohio, Pennsylvania area, all the way over to like Western Illinois and all the way up as far as almost Michigan drains down there. Um, and so like the northern part of Indiana used to be flat swampland, and in fact there's still swampland up there. And there's intermittent swamps scattered all over the all over the state. So uh, you know the Wabash gets its name because it, it used to be uh, a French word. Uh, people down in Vincennes call it uh, Quabachi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was originally spelled Q-U-B-A-C-H-E. Um, but wow. that was a name they got from the Native Americans about it. Like, there's a huge Native American presence. And, like, we, sure. have, we have burial grounds scattered all over the state. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah. Places that were sacred. So when you see places like, you know, Okipinoki... Uh, the Wabash, you got, God, there's so many others. Yeah. Um, especially up in the northern part of For the state. Sure. There's so many Native American named things. It's, or places. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Bill, you know, when, when it comes down to it, when I need some research done, if you guys don't mind, you're going to be my go to people. You guys know your, yeah, that's fine. You guys know your <laughs> geography, you know your history, you, you know your uh, your river routes. I mean, <laughs> I, oh, man. you know, you I just packed I, full I like of information. <laughs> We're really good at that. trivia nights, too. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we occasionally find ourselves on the leaderboards of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, no, that that's fantastic that you guys have all this information and the ability to retain it too. Say that, because <laughs> I'm not I'm not the best at re- memorizing a whole bunch, but I, I try to have the vitals, you know, held somewhere in my mind. But <laughs> yeah, I I can't explain that part. That's... Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> Let's just say it's paranormal, guys, and, there you go. Yeah, and live with it. <laughs> Um, box. <laughs> so Sam, when oh, yeah. it when it comes back to Oki Pinoki, then like you said, you're you're kind of inconclusive, just like with Bill's second story, he feels inconclusive. Yeah. But with you guys giving a little information on it being possible Native American burial grounds, I mean maybe it's not the spirits of the men that were murdered, right. you know, so many years ago. This this could date back hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, and there's something greater there. Well, in the in the fact that um, you know, there's the belief that you know a place can be scarred from so many bad things happening to Absolutely. it, and that can kind of create its own energy mm-hmm. in and of itself. So it's hard to you know interact with, and it's hard to explain. And, and it's you know, a lot of people go there and they get nothing. A lot of people go there and then the locals are just messing with them, hiding yeah. in the woods and being jerks. <laughs> um, and you know, and then I'm not the only one that I've known that has crazy stories like that from that place either um 
and you know they've had other people to back them up as well. Obviously, the so, DNR guy. <laughs> yeah, the DNR guy was not about it, so he's definitely experienced something. Have to get with him and talk a little bit. If he's still working that gig. Yeah, seriously, he's probably trying to move on to a more peaceful uh, reservation, you know, somewhere. Yeah, he's like he's like, get me out of this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I, you know, it's just one of those places that's hard to put a pin in. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that, that can be a, a bittersweet in a sense because it's like <laughs> it kind of verifies that there's something supernatural going on to, to an extent of some ability. There's something not quote-unquote normal about it, but it's also going to eat at you, you know, because you want to know what's going on. You want to know the history and get down to it to understand yeah. the phenomenon. But, right. And you want to you want to separate what's become urban legend. Exactly. That that's a wonderful statement. Yeah, urban legend can really hurt you. <laughs> Absolutely. Because there's, I mean, there's Hookman's Road in Laporte that you know, every town has a Hookman story. Every state has a Hookman story. Oh yeah. It, I mean, it's just it's just a creepy road. Um, but I did research a lot. Like these investigations were literally all I did from the time I was like 13 until my early 20s. Nice. So I was in the libraries, I was in the archives and you know, I can't find anything about that road other than a couple car accidents. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of morphed into its own situation where people were like, oh, there's this creepy shack and we're going to say this and it just blew up and everybody yeah. was driving down it constantly. You know, the people that lived there were getting angry about it mm. and, and acting out when they found people parked on the road. Yeah. So... <laughs> It definitely crosses a line in some points. <laughs> and I think that'd be a whole nother topic, too, that we could, you know, really melt down is urban legend and oh, yeah. folklore compared to, you know, reality of a phenomenon, a paranormal phenomenon. And, yeah. and you know, in short, uh, in, in this past year, uh, my team and I, we've actually been going to a lot of locations in Indiana that are known to be, quote unquote, folklore, you know, and more yeah. urban legend than actually a proven haunted location. And some have actually proven to be true, in, a, in right. our opinion, you know, but then there's yeah. been a couple just recently we've had that we are pretty sure have just been strictly, you know, urban legend. You know, it's people are, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're either panicky or they're just trying to start a rumor to get some reputation going on or, you know, whatever it may be. It was a freak incident that happened one time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Urban legends. Urban legends are very hit and miss because sometimes, you know, like you said, it's sometimes there's, you know, part of the reason that it is an urban legend is people don't know the history and and sometimes it's something that either wasn't documented or got lost in time or is fairly recent or or you know it's something that's just unattributed. And people start talking about it like, man, I had this crazy thing happen. And then, yeah. you know, somebody comes over and they have it happen. They're like, wow, that did happen. And then it spirals from truth. Yeah. Then there's exactly what you're talking about. Other times it's like, oh, that building gives me the heebie-jeebies. And then somebody makes up a story about it. And then all of a sudden, like, you've got this house that is otherwise innocuous that people are like, the hash-slinging slasher lived there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean... The perfect example of, like, legend spinning from truth is the Diana of the Dunes story. I mean, she was a real person. Yeah. Her name wasn't Diana. She was a very interesting person. Her history's out there. Um, she led an interesting life. But when you research it, the legend is so different from her actual life. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. 
it's just insane. And I think her real story is more interesting than the legend. But, you know, they kind of turned her into a lady in white who was just oh, yeah. destroyed. There, there's, and, there's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that came from a real place. And I'm sure people have seen her because that's where she lived. That's where she passed. That's, you know, that part's true. But the middle pieces got just all... Jumbled up. It's so crazy because her real history is so readily available. It's not something you have to dig really deep for. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been published and made public. Right. (laughs) So that's crazy to me. But, I mean, it's a good example of that for sure. It's just like the telephone game, I guess. You know, after a while, people forget or they want to change something, and then there you go. Right. You you have a legend now. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I I can't believe how fast the time has passed. I kind of can because, I mean, when you're talking about something so amazing such as the paranormal, I mean, you know, time flies. (laughs) <laughs> when sure. you're having fun. But you know, um, time is irrelevant. Oh, shit. Sure, sure. no. <laughs> oh, there's another topic we'll have to jolt down. <laughs> but you know, Sam and Bill, um, with you guys getting active again in the paranormal, is is there any way or would you guys like to make yourselves known to where people can contact you for advice or inquiries or anything like that regarding the paranormal and such? Yeah, I mean. What type of outlets do you guys have that you feel comfortable sharing? So, you know, my Instagram's public. Both of our Instagrams are public. Yeah, yeah. Um, Instagram actually wouldn't be a bad one. Our Instagrams aren't really related necessarily to yeah. the paranormal, but occasionally we go, we go to, yeah. like like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it's, uh, we're very much along the lines of hobbyists at the moment, but we, we're always open to new things, especially if it's uh, in the area or if people are, Definitely, if people are looking for like advice and stuff, um, we'd we'd be happy to happy to pass any advice that we can along. Or if they need help, like researching an area or anything like that, always always down to see what we can do based on you know how much time we actually have available to us. Of course, uh, but but yeah, uh, I mean, uh, so Sam's Instagram. Is, is Sam J. Welk. It's all one word. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, and, and Bill? Which is, uh, mine is actually, I'll, I'll have to spell it because people kind of get it backwards. <laughs> it's uh, the Billist. Uh, so it's at T H A uh, dot uh, B I L L E S T. Awesome. Okay. So, the, like a gamer, dot. Billist. <laughs> and I mean, my YouTube channel is still active. It's just my name, Samantha Shearer, S-H-E-A-R-E-R. Um, that's going to be updated soon, but it does have my contact. It has my Instagram and all that on there as well. Sweet. So. Yeah, yeah, you know, and even though you guys aren't fully where you want to be right now, I mean, I think it's important to still have what you have or what you used to have to be put out there. So once you guys get back in the game full-fledged, I mean, you're going to be able to share this information. And also, if people are looking in your area or even from Indiana or anywhere that hear this, you know, they're going to know you guys are very, very professional and very informative on the paranormal and supernatural, which I highly recommend people talking to you because... I see myself and my team talking with you guys in the future, too, about not just, you know, locations we've already discussed, but future locations, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, For sure. I mean, we'd be happy to do that. So, I mean, uh, you know, we 
we try to do our homework as much as possible, mainly because the way that we both approach it is uh, just a way of, you know, we, we don't like to jump to c conclusions. And then on top of that, it's just a matter of, you know, kind of honing in on what the scope of possibilities are for certain phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And then like finding out how you can limit interference with that phenomenon, basically. Yeah is is like okay you know for instance take sam's account of the highway uh you know we narrowed it down to probably about three maybe four possibilities where mm -hmm. it's like you know you go from the hard-bodied like living you know maybe it was just a weird coincidence situation all the way over to the they're both spirits one's malicious one's benevolent like and and like anywhere in between that anything that you can do to kind of eliminate one thing from another um, and just kind of narrow it down is is helpful. So, I mean, we're definitely down to help out. That's oh, yeah. great. <laughs> and Sam, yeah, I mean, a plug and play is the best way to do it, man, you know. Yeah, and even, yeah. even if you don't find the answer right away, I mean, at least you have something to build on. So that, that, that's great. Right. You know? yeah. Well, I want, I want to thank you guys personally for coming on and talking about the paranormal with me and sharing your experiences with everyone. And I also personally look forward to speaking with you guys in the future on a lot of other crazy stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> right on, man. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, this has been, this has been really fun. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. It's, it's always fun talking about the paranormal. I, I, I think I can get agree with you guys on that one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh. All right. Well, Hey, you guys have a wonderful evening. And once again, thank you for coming on the podcast tonight. All right. Yeah, no problem, man. Good luck. Uh, good luck with you and your team in the future. Well, I'd have to say that was a very enlightening conversation that I had with Bill and Sam. I mean, for the plain fact that we're talking about two different realms that can meet in one, it kind of reminds me of the first conversation I had on our podcast here with Mary about how spirituality and science can coexist. And that's exactly what myself, Bill, and Sam were talking about, how science techniques and formulas can combine into the physical and metaphysical world. It's really crazy how everything can just tie in and become one, if you will. We all coexist with what we know as the physical world and the non-physical world. So it's really interesting. And of course, another interesting moment that we had was on how we decided to debunk something and keep your mind open whenever you're paranormal investigating when you think you may have gotten something, but it actually might be some type of natural occurrence, such as picking up some type of mineral underground or or even an underground water source such as a stream or a river. So with all of that said, Bill and Sam, thank you guys for coming on once again. You guys were awesome to talk to. You're very intelligent. You guys really know how to break things down into a way that anyone can understand them and at least you know poke and prod at them and kind of get a grasp of what you're talking about. So again, I thank you very much. All right, so if any of you out there would like to contact Bill or Sam, you can do so through Instagram. Let's go ahead and start with Bill. You can contact Bill at his personal Instagram at T-H-A period B-I-L-L-E-S-T, which spells out the dot billist. All right. So now we got Sam. You can contact Sam at her personal Instagram at S-A-M-J-W-I-L-K, which spells out Sam J. Wilk. So if you guys want to contact them, talk about a little paranormal or even some scientific theories, they can set you guys up just fine. 
lot of good detail and a lot of good background homework research. And of course, if you guys want to contact us, PILT Paranormal, you know where to, which is at our Instagram, Facebook, website, or even here at our podcast. And of course, any questions, concerns, or comments that you have, we'll get back to you ASAP. And even if you want to get onto our podcast, be sure just to let us know and we'll see what we can do for you. All right, I'd have to say this pretty much sums up the episode for today. Sadly, once again, it looks like we're going to have to go ahead and put the podcast to an end for now. Thank you guys for stopping by, tuning in, and listening to the podcast. Until next time, as always, stay frosty.